Hello and welcome to The Pulse. In part two of this week's show, from Tiananmen Square to Admiralty, The Pulse talks to dissident and former leader of the 1989 student movement, Zhou Fengshuo, who came to Hong Kong to participate in the protests. First, though, as happened with Occupy movements in the United States, Canada and elsewhere, private injunctions are being used as a legal weapon against Hong Kong's protests. And, as many predicted, it's likely their enforcement will come very shortly now that the APEC meeting in Beijing has ended. In the meantime, two new organisations have sprung up in Hong Kong to examine the causes of the political conflicts here and, they say, to suggest the way forward. On Tuesday, Tung Chi Wah, former Hong Kong chief executive and current vice chairman of the National Committee of the Chinese People's Consultative Conference, launched a think tank, Our Hong Kong Foundation. Mr Tung says the concept of a better Hong Kong focuses on solidarity and that he wants the think tank to contribute to policy-making ideas in the SAR. Although Mr Tung says the 88 advisers in the foundation come from all walks of life, others see most of them as very familiar faces from pro-establishment bodies. One advisor drew particular attention, former financial secretary Anthony Leung, who resigned in July 2003 after the Department of Justice said it was considering whether to charge him over the so-called Lexusgate controversy. Although Mr Tung describes his foundation as a private think tank, many are suggesting its real role is that of Kingmaker, designed to position candidates for the next chief executive race. The day after Mr Tung's foundation was set up, another group, Civil Society Joint Action, was also unveiled. It says it hopes to track public opinion about the Umbrella Movement protests and serve as a platform for discussion on political reform. One of its leading members is Joseph Wong, a former secretary for the civil service. He and 18 other members said on Wednesday that they want to objectively study public opinion about the protests and future political reforms. Meanwhile, at this week's APEC meeting in China, President Xi Jinping reiterated the view that foreign influences were at work in Hong Kong. In a joint press conference with United States President Barack Obama, Xi Jinping once again raised the spectre of foreign interference. President Obama rejected the allegations in no uncertain terms. I was unequivocal in saying to President Xi uh, that the United States had no involvement in fostering the protests that took place there. But I did describe for him that the United States, as a matter of foreign policy, but also uh, a matter of our values, are going to consistently speak out on the right of people to express themselves uh, and uh, encouraged that uh, the elections that take place uh, in Hong Kong are transparent and fair and reflective of uh, the opinions of people there. With us in the studio are adjunct professor at the Chinese University, Willie Lam, and law professor Diva Surya from City University. Willie Lam, can I come to you first? Uh, this new think tank that, that Tung Chi Wah has initiated last week, what's behind that? 
Well, uh, they style themselves as a think tank, but it's a, it's a kind of a strange kettle of fish because obviously uh, they now have a specific um, political motive, and that is to um, elect possibly Anthony Leung uh, to, to make way for his uh, electoral campaign. I think for the record we should say he denies that, but you, you, yes, you, yes. You, you're not yes. impressed by that uh, denial. No, uh, but um, a think tank should be relatively uh, objective, uh, and uh, they should be looking at long-term uh, strategic goals uh, for Hong Kong, for, for improving Hong Kong's economy, improving the uh, opportunities for the young people and so forth, which uh, Mr. Tung said at the beginning. But in the past two, three weeks, um, they have been mostly focusing on um, short, relatively short-term uh, political goals. For example, getting the um, electoral mechanism recommended by the NBC passed by LegCo and also persuading the students to leave the uh, occupation zone. So it has become actually not so much a think tank as a, um, a political action group. Um, it is, it is of course, not a political party, but um, it's also fulfilled the function of um, orchestrating support for one or two possible candidates uh, for 2017. Uh, the political message being that uh, most likely uh, Beijing um, is not supportive of Siwa Leung having a second term, uh, despite uh, President Xi's praise of apparent praise of uh, uh, Mr. Leung. So uh, that's why um, Beijing has turned to this familiar kingmaker, uh, Uncle Tong, uh, to orchestrate support amongst the community. Uh, but uh, the fact that most members of the think tank uh, are um, senior members of the establishment. Indeed, some of them are members of uh, Mr. Tong's original cabinet. So they, this does lend itself to criticism that they have not been inclusive enough. And, and of course, it, it, it's hardly a well-kept secret that Mr. Tung is a, a firm supporter of the government in Beijing. Oh, and, definitely. And, but what we've been hearing from no less a person than Xi Jinping himself is this very hard line now towards Hong Kong. Do you think this is something that's developed or it's just a continuum? Well, the publication of the white paper on One Country, Two Systems, I think, has made it clear that the original um, high degree of autonomy, One Country, Two Systems, as agreed upon with the British and also as laid down by the basic law initially, has been adulterated. Now, it's, the emphasis is on control, uh, both political and particularly economic control. So this um, uh, toing and flowing of the decision on the, uh, uh, on the Shanghai Hong Kong Stock Connect, I think, is, is a good example. But what I'm trying to understand is whether this hard line is, is something new or, or has it actually been the reality from, from day one? Well, um, I think for the, past, for the first five, six years after 97, uh, Beijing did um, at least ob observe the minimal uh, requirements for staying away with Hong Kong affairs. Uh, Hong Kong does did enjoy a fairly high degree of autonomy apart from foreign and, and defense issues for about six years. But after the dramatic um, 600,000 people uh, demonstration July 1st, 2003, I think Beijing realized that uh, they have to uh, tighten the screw somewhat. So that's why they set up this uh, leading coordinating group on Hong Kong and uh, the uh, degree of interference has increased uh, pretty much every year. Now, I wonder if we could just turn the subject 
um, to something that's happening really literally mm -hmm. now, yeah. which are all these injunctions to clear um, the Occupy protesters from the streets, mm. um, taken by private individuals as opposed to by the government. I mean, what do you make of all of this? Yeah. I mean, uh, the issue is quite complicated because uh, both private nuisance and public nuisance have been invoked by these people, whether it's uh, taxi driver associations or uh, even civic drivers, center yeah. bus drivers, minibus drivers, and all this. So when we when we talk about public nuisance, in, in normal cases, it should be the secretary for justice, like the government should be moving and seek some kind of an injunction. But in this case, of course, that has not been the case. And uh, I see it's a tactic adopted by the government. They would like the roads to be cleared, but they do not want to do it themselves. They will but, try but why, to blame why it. why not? I don't really understand. Uh, because they do not have the courage. They do not have the leadership to resolve this crisis. It's not merely about clearing the roads. It is about resolving a political crisis or a governance crisis that Hong Kong is facing. Even if you clear the streets in Hong Kong by whatever means, that will, not, that will not resolve the dispute that we have at this point of time. And I think the government should come up with something to resolve this deadlock. Otherwise, merely taking of the protesters off the streets is, is merely delaying something. Now, the people who are opposing the Occupy protests mm -hmm. simply say, this is an illegal act. These people have to go. The, the, the people who are supporting them say, well, you know, there's a difference between rule of law and rule by law. Mm -hmm. well, what do they mean by that? I mean, the, the crucial distinction is that when we say rule by law, it basically means that whatever the law is, the content, the substance of it, the fairness of the law is irrelevant. So let us say in the context of the China, uh, they uh, in reality follow rule by law, even if they say rule of law, because as long as the law is there, people should just comply with it and move on. Even if they are unhappy with it, even if the law is unjust, it is unfair and all this, so it does not really matter. On the other hand, when we talk about a more substantive version of rule of law, which I think Hong Kong uh, follows, then you have to look at the context. And merely because the law is made by legislative council, or even if it is made by the NPCSC in this instance, that itself is not good enough. We have to also understand whether this is consistent with basic law, for instance. So if uh, there is a legitimate argument, and I think there is one, that the NPC decision is, NPCSC decision is inconsistent with basic law. So I think uh, these protesters really have a valid argument because the basic law talks about universal suffrage. That is the goal. So it's a constitutional goal. It's not uh, a minor issue that we want $35 instead of $33. This is a very big issue. And because of that, and I think uh, it is very much legal as a legitimate for them to do this. And if I could add one more point, I think very we are. Very quickly, if very you don't quick, mind. Sure. It's about the space of engagement. You cannot engage uh, in LegCo. You cannot engage by going to Beijing. So where do you engage with the government? So that is the place. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time, but thank you both very much. And we'll be back after the break. Welcome back. It's now been seven weeks since the Umbrella Movement got underway. As we reported in last week's show, there's been interest from all over the world in what's happening here. Among those who turned up to take a look for themselves is a former mainland student leader for whom the sight of tents in a major thoroughfare is all too familiar. He's Zhou Feng Shou.
二十五年前，我是北京清华大学的学生，那时候我在天安门广场负责广播站，因为香港的民众非常急切的跟我交谈，表达他对于天安门广场学生的支持。我记得他说的一句话。他说：“我在天安门广场看到了中国的希望。那么今天你们在这里，你们是中国未来民主的希望。” After the crackdown on June 4th, 1989, the Beijing authorities placed Zhou Fengshou fifth on the list of most wanted students. He was jailed for a year and then spent three years in a labor camp. In 1995, he went to the United States, where he studied business at the University of Chicago. He has remained in the U.S. and works in the finance sector. 9月28号，催泪弹哈对付学生的时候，当时我真的就觉得我说哎呀，这种在中国的土地上又发生这样的事情哈，就是像好像八九年的那个场景会再临，我觉得。就是对于我来讲，就是如在那个时候最大的心愿就是站在最前面和这些学生在一起。Last week, Joe came to Hong Kong, where he stayed at the Mong Kok and Admiralty protest sites. He says everything he saw struck him as valuable. Every person he saw was important. <laughs>这个是大陆的诗<音> With the Umbrella Movement's occupation in its seventh week, the government announced that it saw no point in further dialogue with student leaders. The students have now decided to go to Beijing in the hope of securing a meeting with the authorities. The protesters are also discussing the possibility of forcing a referendum on universal suffrage in the form of by-elections. He also took part in a protest to demand the release of mainlanders who've been held by Chinese authorities for supporting the umbrella movement via social media. 每一个星期都有新的人被捕的消息。另外一方面，这么多人被捕，也说明这种打压啊，并没有吓倒中国的进步力量。Joe is the co-founder of the humanitarian China group based in the United States. The group supports political prisoners in China. 
To date, more than 100 people have been held for supporting the Hong Kong protests. Among them, women and artists who are not previously politically active. Uh,这一直是我的一个心愿,就是我希望在香港能够为大陆被捕的这些人发出声音。中国社会这个很悲哀,就是很多时候,就是这样的这种,啊,良心正气,哈,被压抑,为中国公民,哈,人民这样,他
Experiencing the protesters' conditions, their nights with only a few hours sleep and no bathing facilities, Joe said he was happy to stand in solidarity with the people of Hong Kong. And that's your lot for this week's edition of The Pulse. We'll see you at the same time, same place, next week.